55 to 51. And this may be found on page 1009 of the Church Bible or on the screen behind me. It's late in the day. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm just going to pray for Mike um, now before he speaks. We've just sung about uh, the power of the Lord uh, moving in this place and that he comes to cleanse and to heal and to minister his grace. And as we open our hearts now, Lord, to your word, your word we've just heard, your word that Mike brings to us through his prayers and preparation this week, may we be conscious of your power by your Holy Spirit moving in this place, cleansing and healing, bringing us grace, bringing us insight, opening the eyes of our hearts, Lord, to what you have for us this year. Open our ears, Lord, now. Help us to lay aside things that are preoccupying us and to hear what you have for us this evening so that we might go out into this week equipped and with your joy and your peace within us. For the blessing of others. May your spirit rest upon Mike now, in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, uh, the second reading uh, comes from Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, finds it on page 1181. Chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learnt or received or heard, from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you've had no opportunity to show it. 
I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Well, today is our theme verse sermon. It usually comes on the second Sunday of uh, January. Uh, but although um, most of you have been working hard and uh, those at university and college and school and so forth are halfway through your term almost, for me, this is my first opportunity to say Happy New Year to you. So very happy New Year to you all, and all very best wishes for 2015 to come. What a delight it is for us to be back here with you again. And I guess those of you who have been working particularly hard to uh, uh, pick up on the tasks that I usually do and that Rachel usually does will be particularly pleased to see us back here again. Well, thank you for all the lovely comments, all the welcomes, all the kind of comments on how lovely our suntan is. I ref- relaxed we look and you know the great kind of you know beard look clearly 2015 is going to be the year of the beard most people here tonight seem to have uh, moved in that direction so I saw a good thing and uh, I picked up on it and thank you uh, for making it possible for us to have such a good refreshing time 21 days together alone It's the longest we've spent together since Emily was born nearly 20 years ago. And we're still together. So a special thank you to all those who've worked to make it possible for us to have such a good relaxing break after a really difficult year last year. I can reflect Paul's words to you sincerely. I rejoice greatly in the Lord for your renewed concern for us and your willingness to allow us to step back from ministry five Sundays on the trot (laughs) with no sermon to prepare and no children's ministry to deliver. We've been able to drink deeply of God's love for us and our love for each other. Thank you for that gift. And 2014 was indeed a tough year. For some of us, for some of our families, it was a really grueling time. Family circumstances, accidents, illness, bereavement. Some of you have been struggling with economic circumstances, difficult decisions, strong temptations. And for us as a church, a nursery, we've seen a swift reduction over the last year of our staff team from 12 to four. And the knock-on impact for those four has been really big. As each person leaves, more work is picked up by those who remain. With David leaving at Easter, and then at Christmas, Debbie and Kevin, and Abby, and then Abby 
staying on a little bit and reducing her work and then stopping this last week. The office has been under tremendous strain. And it's a tribute to their hard work and their uh, cool efficiency that despite all the legs paddling away under the water, everything has looked serene and calm above the water. Thank you so much to them for their hard work, which has, has enabled us to make it safely through um, and everything seem as normal for us. And the same thing in the nursery. Um, after Jan's departure, uh, the nursery staff, senior staff team and senior leadership team and the nursery management committee have worked really hard to ensure a smooth um, progression through this last month. And uh, my gratitude to those who have worked so hard to make all this possible. And of course, we as a congregation have been struggling through this year with some major decisions and a lot of fundraising and uh, a roofing project. And many of us have found it hard to take on board the lesson that Paul is teaching in the passage tonight. To be content, whatever our circumstances. As much as in the cold and the wet of a blustery South Sea winter with uh, bits falling off the spire and falling through the glass skylights, as, for instance, on a sunny balcony in <laughs> southern Spain. Whatever the situation to be content in any and every circumstance. But it has been possible, and we have been working hard through this last year, um, working in the morning service with our, with our uh, little dialogue phrase that goes, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We may not have enjoyed the tough times, but we have been content to trust Jesus through them. In this passage, Paul is talking specifically about economic hardship, about the times when he was physically hungry and about the generosity of others which has supplied his needs. But the application that Paul is giving is much broader than that. He's already talked in chapter 4, in this chapter, of difficulties in relationships and anxiety and uh, in um, focusing our attention on what is good and of God and not allowing it to drift away into what is, what is not of God. In the chapter before, in chapter 3, he was uh, talking of struggles with pride and persecution and physical weakness. In chapter 2, the previous chapter, he was speaking of struggles in illness and intercession, ministry, and in character. And of course, all of this is set in the context of the first chapter in which Paul speaks of his own imprisonment and impending possible execution. Now, that is a tough set of circumstances in which to learn to be content. So Paul's words to, her, to us have quite some bite to them. Paul says, I have learned the secret 
in every circumstance, in any and every circumstance of being content. Can we say the same today? Do we grumble against God for the situations that we or our friends find themselves in? Or do we continue to express a quiet confidence that all things will work to the good of those who love the Lord, who trust in him? Can we continue to say in all circumstances, God is good? All the time. So how do we go on, how do we go about doing that? Well, Paul gives us the secret in our theme verse this year. So up here behind me, thank you to Nigel for making both this available to us and, of course, our great cards, uh, which are going to enable us to keep saying this verse to ourselves throughout this year. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13 When I was first learning verses when I was young, uh, I was told it's great to have a good friend, but it's even better if you know where they live. So we need the references as well as the verses. So would you say this with me? I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. Yes, that's good. Okay, you're not always going to have a huge great banner in front of you wherever you go. Okay, so try shutting your eyes and see if we can say it again, okay? Shut your eyes. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. One more time. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. Okay, well, I have said it about 25 times today, so I'm a little bit ahead of you. But keep working on that to get that in your head as we go through the year. I've been practicing this verse already. And Abby, bless her, she's here smiling at me for the third time today. So I say thank you, Abby, for, for the box and the pen that she gave me halfway through last year, which says on it, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. And I held on to that box as each member of staff, one after the other, came, for all for good reasons, to give me their letter of resignation. And I held on it again and I said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, Philippians 4.13. Not that I wanted to do all things, you understand. <laughs> Not that I can do everything in the world. And we've been in Spain, and I know for sure that I can't speak Spanish. But that's not the point of the verse. The point of the verse is, I can face any situation through Christ who gives me strength. And I can do anything that God gives me to do through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything in Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13 Well, in December, at the beginning of December, I didn't even know if there would be anybody in the office by this point this year because everybody was set at that point to leave. 
And I didn't know if there would be any leadership in the nursery by now. And I didn't know what uh, St. Simon's would decide and what the impact and implications of that would be for me personally and for us as a congregation. I didn't know what the future would be, but I did know who holds the future. And I knew and I was confident that I could face all situations through him who gives me strength. So whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, whatever you've seen in me, put it into practice. And the peace of God will be with you as he has been with me this last six months and more. Well, the disciples were learning all of this in a, in a rather tougher school than I have been, clearly. Mark chapter 6, which we, a passage from which we had read, describes a very, very long day in the life of Jesus' disciples with a welter of different emotions. Firstly, they arrived back from ministry, a ministry tour that they'd been on in twos without Jesus for the first time, trying to do what Jesus has been doing and uh, putting themselves through the, you know, through the mill and, and trusting God and seeing the amazing things that God has been doing through them. All of those emotions they bring back and they bring to Jesus and they try to share with him. At the same time, Jesus has just heard of John the Baptist, his cousin's execution of his death, of the persecution under Herod and his cousin's death. So some very different emotions that are going on there. And of course the disciples are hearing that and they're thinking, cripes, you know, now we're in the wrong, the wrong end of the law and what might be up for us next? So Jesus says, well, let's go away and let's spend some quiet time and let's try and process all of this stuff. But they don't get to be on their own because the crowd follow them. And then comes that amazing um, ministry moment where Jesus feeds the crowd from, from these five loaves. And he gives it to the disciples and the disciples watching those five loaves as they hand it out, turn into more and more and more bread as this amazing miracle that God is doing through Jesus and through them. And then they collect up all the bits left over and there are baskets and baskets of, of bread left over after 5,000 people have eaten from five loaves. Just imagine those emotions. And then the crowd go wild and they think, here's a guy who can really give us everything we need. So they want to make him king. And the turbulence, the, the, the emotions of the crowd, and Jesus sending his disciples off, okay, so that he can deal with the crowd, he can quieten it all down, and then go off to pray. And the disciples get into the boat, and then, of course, suddenly the storm blows up, and they're in a panic. They're even into terror, because the storm, this little squall blows up into a full-scale storm, and they're out there on the water, and they're in danger of their lives. And this, the hurly-burly of the storm, the up and down of the boat, is just a physical expression of everything that they've been through in this day.
And then they see Jesus coming towards them. How are they going to respond to him? I find it fascinating in this passage, unlike the other passages describing the same situation, it says that Jesus made to walk on beyond them. And I'm left wondering, what would have happened if the disciples had responded differently to Jesus' presence with them in the storm? We would have had a completely different story, different ending. If Jesus had walked on through and they had followed him, what would they have learned then about him and, and about themselves and about God's power in and through them? But actually, as it happened, they were terrified. They were just plain terrified. Not only were they about to die and drown and all of that, but there's a flipping ghost as well, walking across the storm, toward, across the water towards them. And they cry out in terror. And immediately, Jesus is in the boat with them. The terror is gone because they know it's Jesus and he's real. It's just amazement instead. And more than that, the storm around them dies away. Whatever the situation that we are in, whether it's mission or bereavement, whether it's economic hardship or physical danger, we, like the disciples, and find that Jesus is sufficient for our needs. The disciples found that Jesus was modeling dependent prayer on the Father, and out of that dependence, walking in power. They found that Jesus, whatever situation they were in, Jesus was enough for it. Whatever situation that we are in this moment and this year to come, Jesus is enough for it. I wonder, can we watch him walking through the storm in front of us and trust him and follow behind him? But even if we can't, even if we cry out in terror and dismay, we will find Jesus stepping into the boat with us and the storm calming around us. So today, on February the 1st, which I have just declared to be the official New Year's Day for St. Jude's, we're faced with the question, as we are in this boat together, dashed by the storms of life, and as we see Jesus walking on past us, do we strain to follow him, or are we terrified? But either way, we can know that Jesus is with us in the storm. He will keep us safe and he will take us through, whatever the future is that we face. In fact, this February the 1st, I believe we face a tremendously exciting future as a congregation. New Year's Day has dawned very fair, very exciting. St. Simon's has committed to working with us in mission and partnership. Our new nursery leader starts working tomorrow at the nursery, and our new operations manager, has arrived and is going to solve all of our problems. Isn't that right, Andy? Yeah, I thought so. So thank you to Andy for agreeing to come and join us and help us to shape the future 
2015 together. Thank you to his family for allowing him to come and indeed encouraging him to be here today. Thank you. And so to Andy and to Amber, our new nursery leader, I offer this verse for the coming year. As expectations arise around them, don't worry, because we can do everything through Christ who gives us strength. And as Andy pointed out this morning, it doesn't say, I can do everything today through Christ who gives me strength. So actually you have permission to let yourself in and do it in God's timing and yours. So I am tremendously excited about 2015 for St. Jude's. I know I don't know the future, but Jesus does. And his plans for us are plans to bless us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. In 2015, we're going to be clarifying our vision. I trust we're going to be strengthening our staff team as we look at appointing a new caretaker and a permanent office assistant, and we pray an associate vicar later in the year, expanding our ministry, growing our congregation. I believe that we're going to find that 2015, as we look back in three, four, five years' time, 2015 will have been a turning point for us as a congregation as we move on into new things that God has for us, as we cross the lake to the ministry that God has for us on the further side. But whether for us as individuals, as a congregation, for me as a leader, this turns out to be an anus horribilis, a, a really terrible year, or a really fantastic and exciting year. I trust that each of us, and all of us together, will be able to endure and to flourish. That we'll be able to be content in any and every circumstance. Whether our final accounts are in the red or in the black, that whatever we undertake and whatever situations we face, we will do so content because we do so in Christ who gives us strength. So let's say it to, us, say it to each other one last time. I can do everything in Christ, who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 13. Shall we pray?